This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Welcome to today's episode here on the Mother Loving Future Show. We are exploring the science of astrology today and how it can embellish our everyday life with Maja Dao. Hi, Maja. What a Maja. magical name. Oh, yeah. Tell us about your name, first of all, before we get any further. Yes, my pleasure, ladies. Thank you for having me oh on my the gosh. show first. We're so, we are so delighted. delighted. This is going to be so delighted so to have you. <laughs> we have so many questions. Oh, good, good. I like to answer questions. So my name, Maja, actually is magical because it's the same root as magic, like uh, the Magi yeah. and Majesty. And then my middle name is Dakini, which is like a spiritual entity that flies through the skies. It's actually like literally means witch in Tibetan. Because oh. my mom lived in Tibet in the Himalayan mountains when she was a hippie. So wow. did your so, mom yeah. give you this, this your, name? Or she did, did you my real name. name. No it's way. legit. So you yeah. are a living she example of how we move into our names. Correct. <laughs> and wow. my last name, Dao, is French for August, which the uh-huh. August That's ones right. is from the Aurora and the New Dawn, which is why I called myself the Witch of the Dawn because of a spiritual download that I received, which was like my name. If you look at the word August, August. it's not just for the month, but if it goes back into Rome and even into China, they use that word um, for the golden emperor. Mm. And it actually means golden. And it's where they get the golden dawn. So my name is kind of like the magic of the golden dawn through a skywalker. (laughs) Oh my God. A lot of that was Donald Lestrange. Way to go, mom. (laughs) Oh my God. Go, mom. Moms of the loving future, right? right. That's what we're here for. Valentine's middle name is August. Yeah. I must have just been, yeah, I just must have been really channeling. That he's Way the emperor mom. of the golden age, is correct? It? That's the and meaning. he's a Leo, and you're so, born in August, and I'm born in August. Oh, yep. wonderful! Yeah, of course, we both are. My first daughter was born in August. Leo, she's my gift. Leo, oh, yeah. amazing! Yeah, wow. Okay, good intro. Yeah, jeez. Right? <laughs> Other guests have a lot to live up to. <laughs> so, okay, great. So, well. To continue, for show notes on this um, episode that we're doing today or to sign up for some more good stuff from us, check out the website, motherlovingfuture.com. And Jenna, do you want to kick us off with our definition on this topic, Astrology 101? Take it away. Yes. Okay. So Astrology 101, beginning to understand how it is even possible that celestial planets and bodies have influence over our everyday life. Yeah, it's a bit of yes. a mystery. It's actually not mysterious at all. Oh, and I'm here to pop mysteries all day long. Yes. Pop the break of mysteries. Dawn. <laughs> oh. Okay, check it out. It is not imaginary that a celestial body can have influence because there are measurable energetic waves that hit us from those entities on a daily basis. Okay, pause. We, yes. What's a celestial body? Uh, For example, let's take Jupiter, okay? So if we were to stand outside right now, there would be what are called cosmic rays, and that's a real word, it's not woo-woo, that would hit you that originated from the planet Jupiter because it is, in fact, emitting energy, Hmm. okay? Everyone thinks that energy can only be emitted from the sun and you absorb it, but in fact, every single planet is shooting out little rays that make it all the way to Earth and actually physically hit your body in a very 
real and scientifically measurable fashion. And you can hear those waves as well. If you have like a little radio, you can tune it in and you can actually tune in to Jupiter and listen to the sounds. Like with the SETI project, you can hear the noise that any star makes. So you're actually getting hit with light rays and sound waves from all of these celestial bodies. So how do people work out? So we're surrounded by planets and stars who are in fact um, contributing to our experience on Earth. Yes. How did we discover what those particular... Uh, Subtle influences? Yeah, influences are emotional mm-hmm. influences or personality influences that are coming off those planets. This How do you measure that? This is a very that? great question. And I always like to look at, again, Jupiter because mm-hmm. I'm Sagittarius. <laughs> but listen to this. So somehow the archetype of Jupiter, who is Zeus, is uh, associated with lightning. Okay. The planet Jupiter is actually got more lightning storms of the largest nature than any other planet that we've discovered. Wow. So how Whoa. in the heck Psychic. did these ancient people know to affiliate that planet with lightning bolts when in fact that was the reality? This is a very... Because they didn't have the technology, obviously, correct. to work out what was happening on Jupiter. How did they get this information? Well, maybe we can feel it. Like how if I'm to sit in front of you... Maybe I can feel a lot from you Mm -hmm. instead of having to like interrogate you if I just kind of sit and like You can read me energetically without me saying anything. If I try to just feel feelings, Mm -hmm. that works pretty good, right? And then we can also receive a lot of information that a lot of people have sort of dumbed themselves down to because it's a lot when you go receptive and you can feel people. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Jenner one really wants to do that, <laughs> right? She's rolling her eyes like, yep, that's me. But <laughs> we're made to do that. So we have to, you know, if you want to open to that and maybe some of you have it happen whether you like it or not, or some people work really hard on practices to get their feelings opened, um, there's good techniques we can use to do that. So I think um, the so, way people know is through feeling and knowing. And we all have the capacity to choose into the energies and planets and stars and the information they provide for us. Well, that's Just a, a good lot question. I don't know are... about capacity for everyone. True, but, but, but you're saying that people human. have yeah. dumbed themselves down or just... Or they just don't even know, know that, this that, is that that exists. And they don't have training in these subtle energies. Yeah. Um, my question was that, you know, like if the sun is shining, there's going to be a part of the world that can't see the light of the sun and there's part of the world that does. Yes. So... The, the the cosmic rays that are coming off the celestial bodies, is that hitting all parts of the earth or is it like parts of the earth are able, are like the parts that are facing Jupiter would be hit by those rays and then the backside wouldn't or just curious? It's always going to go somewhere through time, right? Because we just keep turning around. So mm-hmm. even if there's some time periods where it's not getting it, it's, it's going to come rotating. right back around. That's true. And in times when the sun doesn't hit some parts of the earth, mm-hmm. there will still be kickback, right? So the aurora borealis, for example, mm. is like this ricochet mm-hmm. that kicks back. So even when the sun is hitting a part of the earth, mm-hmm. there's a ricochet that still spreads the mm-hmm. light into the darkest, coldest places. That's the northern lights, right? Correct, Amundo. Oh, I want to chase that. I so see that. So even when it's super dark, you're still getting an effect, and the atmosphere holds it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not... Okay. 
getting dissipated. I see that. I think it might have to be without it for longer than just the rotation of a day for it to totally dissipate. But totally. I don't know. Because it would rotate every once a day, wouldn't it? I, I don't mean, know what the scientific access. measurement of that would be. Yeah, but I think, I it, do would. think, I think it, it would at least be once a day yeah. that everyone would see everyone. But maybe it comes and goes. Yeah. Right? Okay. So or things get eclipsed sometimes. Sometimes. There's occultations. Things go behind things. That happens too. Mm-hmm. Is it so much fun to be able to read that technology of the planets and the stars and daily it be a different forecast? Yes, it oh is. Oh my gosh, that's such a superpower. And to see it come out like in people or yeah. in world events, like mm. <clears throat> when you raise your awareness to some of these patterns, which are really just patterns that we're watching, mm-hmm. looking for um, omens or ways that things are going to go, kind of like they use these same patterns in things like Wall Street, statistics, it's predictive systems. kind of like a systems. crystal ball. Yeah, it's scrying, right? But you're scrying with the skies. Wow. Do you use it personally on the daily oh, to yes. navigate your life? Check in. Yeah. I always like to have the little check in. What's uh, today? Oh, my God. And is there an app or something that you use or how do you access that? I use that? the website astro.com. Okay. Um, it has a lot of information available and a lot of fun little things you can do. It was started by uh, some great astrologers, this fellow by the name of Robert Hand, um, who literally researched astrology and ancient Hellenistic writings and like really dug deep mm-hmm. into origins of it to get good data. Mm. So I like that website and mm. most of it's free on there too. Yeah, I've used that too. And they, they chart everything. Yes, it's so it's complicated. When I look at those astrological charts, yes. there are so many degrees and lines and planets. How did, how did you end up actually understanding that? Yeah, I'm really weird and my mind is like a psycho mind. So Ooh, I have psycho? Mer- I, psycho. Well, it just goes yeah. and it's going to go everywhere. So if I see something that looks complicated, you go I don't it. have trouble trying to understand it. Wow. I just get into it and make it a challenge. I have Mercury and Scorpio. It's conjunct Mars. So for me, thinking is a thing that's combined with my Mars energy. So I'm going to get to the bitty bottom of something or die trying, right? So I looked at astrology and really made it a thing that I wanted to understand. Took a long time because there's a lot of data. Astrology Mm -hmm. is something that's high data. But I have a background in biochemistry and science just because I have a brain that can work with a lot of data. And it naturally likes to look for patterns. So part of my attraction is science. Sign of intelligence. I'm trying to like look at everything and see connections. That's Mm. the way my brain operates Mm -hmm. in order to arrive at conclusions. Although I found that's a little pointless, but (laughs) nonetheless, pattern seeking can help with learning and choices. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's the biggest. And remembering. And memory. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Mm. So you just studied your butt off. I just to really the degree study. where you can look at it now and you, you know exactly what it means. You can yeah. translate all of that. And through using it. I always say, like, if you want to learn a divination system, just start to do it, mm. right? Like, I would look at charts from celebrities because you know their life. So mm-hmm. you can kind of be like, is this this person? Or, like, favorite authors of mine. Like, I'd look at T.S. Eliot's chart because mm. then you feel the person. Like, mm. I would look for a person I could feel. And then I'd look for their chart so that I could feel the connection between those two things. Ah, you see, this is a question. This is something Jenna and I were debating the other day. 
when we were talking about the questions we wanted to get into with you today. And I was thinking that astrology was more like a science in regards to anyone can learn how to read a chart and will be able to deliver the same information to anyone who's who's getting their chart read. And Jenna debated on that because she said, I don't actually think it's just about learning the science and being able to do it. You were saying that the person reading is probably working with an element of intuition and and uh, uh, channeling information about them rather than just reading a chart. Can you speak to that? I would be delighted. Excellent. <laughs> Take it away. My first answer to that is that most people have forgotten what science is. Science is a thing that happens inside your mind where you go through and assess a conversation with deceiver. Okay, Descartes uh, had an argument deceiver. in his head with an evil demon. This is actually he was funny so right on about that to talk he? to with scientists. I like how scientists are all like, "No, that's bullshit." And I'm like, "So wait, who's he cut? Is this like some ancient this philosopher? Is like, or something? I think he's not ancient. Yeah, but he he oh, oh, was responsible it. for the development of the scientific method as we know it today. Although there were many contributors to that mm-hmm. beforehand, um, but he basically came up with it through an argument with Satan in his own mind hmm. in order to come to a conclusion. So. Science really is an intuitive conversation that you have anyway. With spiritual context. With spiritual context. And then you measure it in reality to see if there's a relationship. Hmm. So science is really about having a relationship between yourself and the outside world. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily all about data and facts. Hmm. So the nature of science itself involves that intuitive capacity, even though many scientists have tried desperately to try to remove that element from Mm. science. Totally, Mm. because so many would say like, the scientific method would be two people doing the same experiment and getting the same conclusion, you know? Ah. But that is not what you're saying, and that's not what Descartes, who's the beginning of the scientific method, was even saying, so. Correct. We'll, we'll agree We'll agree with that. I like to go back to the sources of things and see what the source person said. A lot of scientists today are not actually scientists. No. Because they're not actually going through that no. method within themselves. No. They're just mm. repeating information that is given to them. That's yeah. not yep. science. And getting paid a lot for it. That's not science. And we're believing it all as if it's fact. Uh, well, it's propaganda. We, not in this room, but a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry, yes, definitely not we. And a lot of scientists <laughs> will argue against astrology that it's not totally. scientific. And they'll make the wrong argument. My argument for why astrology isn't real or true, do you guys want to hear this? Oh, please. Everyone will say it's not true because there's no relationship to the stars or the data's off or the data's arbitrary. And my argument is the reason it's not true is because guess what? There's no Monday. This is of not course this is all made up. 2018. The very structure of your birthday is an arbitrary system that was constructed. Mm. So if you think astrology is an arbitrary system that was constructed, so is the entire construct of your reality. Is mm-hmm. that true or not mm. true? It is and it isn't. So astrology is merely a constructed system that includes rational, And a lot of irrational factors Mm. that will inherently make it unlogical Hmm. because it's an irrational language Mm -hmm. and those parts both have to be included. But then tell me, how 
how can it be so precise and so accurate as if when I've had astrology sessions, it's almost like the person reading my chart was revealing my innermost thoughts that no one else in the world knew. And I was like, how did that person know that? How can they know that from the stars? So if you're saying that there's no... In, in relation to the expansiveness of the universe and all that is, and there's no specific time, there's no specific day Correct. or, you know, whatever, how can you get such an accurate read? Yes, this is a very good question. My answer to that is that all divination systems are a system that's made in the system we live in. The system we live in is the golden rectangle. So any AKA system, the, the matrix, correct. Any system that we make to generate data within that one rule, mm-hmm. the golden rule will all reflect the truth. The magic is the truth is in there. And when you get a systemic way to reveal it, it's going to nail it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the magic of divination. Any divination system you use will have that effect, not so just astrology. It is, it is it's a, sort combination of a combination of, of logical rationale with irrational. Okay. It's an alchemical thing that connects the bottom and the top together mm-hmm. in this union. And then the truth comes out through the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not just astrology that will do that. There are many things we can do to arrive at that truth that is locked within you like in a systemic fashion. Yeah. Correct. Mm. That's the magic of Divination. the whole system that we're locked within. So each individual is really the channel for the information. Correct. Coming from outside of us, within us, the whole thing. It's all a big mess mm. intertwined together <sighs> in this snaky mass of writhing stuff. We are stuff. all the one. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> down and dirty. Wow. Okay. Oh, so much. Before we get too deep into it, tell me why you refer to yourself as Witch of the Dawn. Yes. <clears throat> so, and the- can you cackle? <laughs> How is that for you? Let's, let's you had a good cackle. one too in response. <laughs> Oh, wow. That was, that was really that was good. really accurate. I, I don't think I can. I'll that good? I could try. I've been practicing for you. Try it. Go on. Have a go. Uh, I just don't oh, even know on. how to attempt it. Just, just. Ah! Oh, that, was so cute. that was like a fairy cackle. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. I Sorry. Tried. Anyway, take it away. Which of the dawn? Yes. So, as I mentioned earlier about my name, mm-hmm. uh, it really was through research into August. And I received uh, information. For me, with my intuitive part, I use meditation techniques that I learned from my teacher, Dr. Kelvin DeWolf. Oh, come here. Go to tell us about the techniques. So he is a Native American uh, in the shamanic tradition, although he would never call himself a shaman, who has a... Very cool. Right. Who has a PhD in Chinese medicine as well. And he's developed a system that he calls the way of heaven. And the techniques that he does are varied and many. And I've been practicing those techniques with him for a little over five years. And they're a method to connect your conscious and, and subconscious mind together in that link I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And they're very intense and they're not easy and they require concentration and some ascetic practices. Uh, For example, every solstice, we undergo uh, a five-day fast that includes no sleep, 
um, and no food. And those are very traditional in a lot of the shamanic techniques. Um, so it's kind of hardcore. Mm, kind but of like I've, a vision quest. Like a vision quest. But I've studied martial arts and I kind of like to get, you know, like badass hardcore. Yes. <laughs> So I don't mind doing those kind of techniques, but they're not for everyone. Mm. So that's just like, a, and we found that a lot of people just can't mm. do them. Yeah, I physically couldn't stay have the constitution. But they can't even do some of the meditation techniques mm. uh, where you just concentrate on one spot for several hours at a time. We find that most individuals literally will not be able. They'll like discombobulate mm. and like their mind come undone. Yeah, they cannot hold it. So I do these techniques where I hold mm. it as long as I can, mm. like in yoga. Kundalini yoga does. If that. you're gonna make yourself hold that pose mm. and really stretch it out, you get to a place. You break into a new level where you break through. Mm-hmm. And when I received that information about the dawn, it's like something that dawns upon your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So this dawn, this new dawn is something that had never dawned upon you before. And it does when you can kind of get your mind into a larger area Hmm. so it can receive something new Mm. that it had never thought, a thought you never thought before. Right? So good. Yeah. And then I just get more information when I can kind of push my limits of Mm. what I think is true and look for something beyond what I believe to be true, then I'll get these other answers that I hadn't thought of before. So that's how I'll use my intuition in combination with the astrological data is through the practice of those techniques. Wow. And how often do you do this meditation? Usually every day and every evening for different amounts of time. And sometimes like during um, solstices or equinoxes or certain times, if I just feel like I'll go like long and just really concentrate. Yeah. Wow. I got to get my spiritual practice up. It's like a practice. It's like exercising. Okay. So everyone has these potentials, like an athlete, for example, Mm -hmm. some people have natural talents at it, right. Mm -hmm. Undeniably, or like a musician. And then some people can work really hard and then get it anyway through that. And then you can have combinations of those too. Right. But you, if you have a natural talent, I would encourage everyone to To do exercises. Yeah. Because then you can develop and grow and challenge yourself to break through to new levels. Hmm. Like if you were a weightlifter. So when did you, what's your journey with astrology? When did you discover it and how did you get involved in it? Yeah, for me, um, I really had a lot of breakthroughs in astrology when I worked at this place called the Philosophical Research Society which is located in Los Angeles. Yeah, I've driven past that. It's amazing. It's on the corner, that beautiful white building. Yes. Yeah, great. I was the librarian there for 11 years. Of course you were, by the way. <laughs> Why? What? I feel like I know what this place is, but I can't place it in my mind. It's on, um, what, what's that road it's on? Los Feliz. Los Feliz. Yeah, the main road going on to the five. In I think you may, may have passed it once. There's no, a big statue together. of Hermes mm. in the thing. It was founded by a gentleman named Manly P. Hall. Oh yeah. Who wrote a a famous book 
called, he was awarded the Freemasonry not through seeking it, but because he knew so much stuff. Wait, so, so he, he, Manly P. Hall was not an actual Freemason who went that's through, correct. through the journey? He did not. They were just like, you know, so much correct. esoteric information that we're just going to call that's you the, right. the most famous Mason of all time? Yeah. <laughs> Claimed him. Wow. That is correct, Amundo. He was amazing. I always encourage everyone to look at his book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages, because it's incredible. But his library... Uh, which you can make an appointment. I believe it's still open to the public, although you can't check books out because the collection there is totally insane and amazing. That, is that where your sister-in-law went to school? Uh, they have a university I, there. I think that might be who told me about it. Maybe, maybe. Because there's an esoteric library Correct, yeah. yes. So in the library, there was so many astrology books yeah. that I was able to get uh, into, get into get down to the How old were you at this time. At this time I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. but I had already had an interest in astrology from the time I was a teen witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Oh, so good. Wasn't that a movie? Teen witch. Sh- yeah, totally. Should have been a movie about you. <laughs> I no. was way witchy. I came this way, you guys. No, this I just have my to, situation. I just have to let the listeners know. Maja is like legitimate, amazing witch of the dawn she's got this long white hair down to her butt seriously beautiful like like elfin unbelievably beautiful flawless witch in a a black skivvy with a pendant what is that pendant tell us about it this is a good story is that a witchy pendant this is part of my evidence that you're a witch i call it evidence and i was going to give an astrology reading to my friend's mother. My friend's name is Liberty Larson, and her family runs the Magic Castle. Of course. And of so course that's your friend. I don't know if you can read what it says, but it has this like fairy woman on it, and it says Maja, goddess of magic on the coin. Her mother no, received that coin in the mail. Her friend <gasps> found it on the ground in Europe while she was walking, and she got it that day, and she was like, I think this is for you. <laughs> and it was. Oh, I got my gosh. And you. there's a picture of an angel with fairy long hair. with long hair. It's me. Holding a, um, a magician's hat with long little chains on it with stars all around her, and that looks like a uh, um, wand Correct. In, in her other hand. And there's the magician's initials underneath it, APK, and I looked it up, and his first name is August. Oh, <gasps> my God. I no. know. I almost pooped my pants. <laughs> Wait, this, so is like it happens. <laughs> this is a legitimate, like, minted coin. It's 1934 From- was when it was made, and her friend randomly found it, and it was like, From they where? called in it a magician's country? Country? in Europe. But I mean, no, I mean, very few countries in Europe have English. This is in English. Right. So it must have been the UK, but like. That's insane. Wh- this is insane that they would mint a coin like that. I think that's just. And that your friend just happened to stumble. Just for you. Uh, I mean, come on. That's crazy. Does that kind of stuff happen to you all the time? Yes. Uh, I need to get into witchery. <laughs> Life is way more interesting. Magic is real. And that's why of I call this it evidence. So mm. when people are skeptical about magic, I always encourage them to just do it. It's not a belief system. The thing I like about magic is that it doesn't require that you believe in anything. You can just do it. Mm. And then you can see what the results are. Mm. And I have lots of evidence that I've been blessed enough to experience with other people too. Because you know how if you have weird stuff happen, it's just you. You're like, oh my God, am I crazy? Oh yeah. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. But I, because of who I am, share with other people this stuff because I don't care if I'm crazy. 
Praise is cool. Praise is the new cool. So as a result, we have shared experiences where we're both like, yeah, that was crazy. That was trippy. And then you can understand and have an innate feeling Mm. that there is more to this world than we can see. Absolutely. And what do you attribute to attracting magic into your daily life? Mm-hmm. It, that it, Obviously, you said you have a meditation practice, which connects I do it on you purpose. to source. Yeah. Uh, are there any other rituals or practices in your kind of witchy um, regime yes. that get the magic flowing in your life? Yes. Before I met and started doing Kelvin's practices, I would do a lot of traditional witchcraft practices that were nature-based. I don't do the kind of magic that is like to get boyfriends or hurt people or, you know, no judgment for people that want to do that sort of root chakra style, but we all have things. Won't that just backfire? There's a lot of things that will happen and they're complicated and um, you can look at traditions of Santeria and Yoruba to get more into the origins of those kinds of magic. They're just there. Black magic, let's call it. Well, let's not make a... It, Sorry. It's okay, just okay, okay. a different Cancel clear. Cancel kind clear. of magic. So the okay. kind of magic I liked have always been drawn to was nature magic. So I would do altars for the moon, altars for the stars. Mm-hmm. I would make altars for archetypes like Mary or the goddess Sibel. So I was very kind of goddess-oriented in most of my magic. Mm-hmm. And then when I would do those kinds of magic... Especially what I found was with the moon magic and the goddess magic, I would get immediate hitbacks. But wait a second, magical what did things. the magic involve? Just praying to your altar or making the altar, praying? So it's usually like concentration. And mm-hmm. this was what was made clear to me when I started Kelvin's techniques. Mm-hmm. When you focus your intention and awareness consistently in a concentrative fashion, mm-hmm. that uses your mind like a laser beam. Laser beam. Intention. Attention. Yeah. Um, energy goes where attention, energy flows where attention goes. That That's is it. correct. Yeah. And when you really put an intention behind a thought and your mind and a practice and what you're doing, it then manifests, That's right? very true. You can try it and see what happens, right? It's <laughs> not a belief. I do all the time. You can totally do it. Yeah. yeah. Do you make altars to the moon? Um, I, I went through a phase of doing yeah, that. I, I, I could see that. Yeah. In my argument, when people discover that you can get an effect through those kind of things, I'm like, for me, I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm going to go all the way. Mm. I'm going to focus my laser beam on G-O-D, right? I'm going to not mess around (laughs) G-O-D the man. Why are you going to try to get a boyfriend or money when you can go straight up to the top? I hear you. Right? So you're really cultivating a relationship and understanding of the natural elements. Yes. And then through tapping into their power, would you say that's where you call magic into your life? Yes. So do you do you tap into that power, say, of the moon or Jupiter, whatever, and then with that you intentionally manifest something you want? And is that what you no. call magic? No. Okay. My practice is to leave it open. Mm-hmm. I don't want to try to get something I want because I don't know what I want. Mm -hmm. I'm dumb. (laughs) Things I I want are probably dumb, dumb stuff, right? The best magic is to not impose your own will because my will is small. Attachment to outcome. But to open it to the will of spirit Mm -hmm. and to accept and receive 
what is mine by destiny mm-hmm. instead of trying to get some dumb little thing mm-hmm. i want the destiny mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and that's Beautiful. not up to me but don't you think that's going to happen regardless of whether you pray to the moon or not maybe that's a good question actually. right that is really good because totally. isn't that what destiny is you get there whether you like it or not yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> I think there is free will and then there is providence, right? Like mm. there's certain people, like with my teacher, the other we, we just run into each other all the time, right? Mm. Like it's not even our choice. We can't get away from each other. Mm. That's wow. like providence will just stick you with the people that you mm. need to be with. Whether you like yeah. them or not, you don't get to decide. Wow, that's how me and Jenna met. We're just stuck yeah. with each other for the rest of our lives We're now. We're stuck with each other. You literally, life. it's like, <laughs> here, you guys deal with each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one else can deal with us. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. Providence. Here. Providence is real. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. And that's the stars and the destiny, right? So when you're looking at someone's chart, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to help them extract that destiny and get a little closer to it, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people might come to me for a reading wanting something, like they'll want some... A boyfriend. Whatever. Like, where's my stuff that Mm -hmm. I want? Yeah, or my husband. Right? Money. Yeah. Whatever. And and, and And then I'll be like, well, it looks like this is what's happening, though. Mm -hmm. So I usually, you know, I'll take into account what people want, but then I want to see what's real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you do do you lead them to discovering the answers to their own questions or do you give them the information from what you read on their chart? Both, because I'm going to see stuff. But then I, I don't like being told what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to like tell someone, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. I don't like that style because then you're kind of imposing or, your own ideas yeah, and interpretation of the information. They're going to have some other part of it mm-hmm. that will also be in addition to what I see that I might unlock. But I can't say that only I will know, but I'll just deliver the information and then I'll let, you know that kind of unfold. Mm. I think some readers will tell people what's happening and I don't know. That can be dangerous. I don't really like that style. Mm. Different styles. Also, people are very impressionable, especially people who are looking for answers and looking for the way. Or they think I'm some important thing. That's right. And anything you you tell them. (laughs) But they are too. No, but you could read this information, interpret it through your reality and experiences. Tell them this is where you have to be at this time to meet the husband and he's wearing XYZ. I have done that and it was true. And then, oh my gosh, wait. That goes completely against my point. But what I'm saying is that they may have that locked into their brain and really you're brainwashing them in a way. It's true. And then they they ignore anyone else that comes into their sphere because it's not what you told them. And then they then... Dangerous. Yeah, really dangerous. You're opening your mind to other people's influence. It's really gnarly. It's subconscious belief, right? And can become a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm. So I try really hard not to do that unless it's like a big one. Like, for example, one of my clients came in once and she wanted to know when her brother was going to die. Jeez. Because he was like in a hospital and he was far away. So she was trying to decide if she needed to get on a plane and go. Mm. That's practical. The undeniable response from the tarot cards was three days. Well, there you go. And it was shouted into my ears. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to go. And she wrote me a message on my Facebook page saying, you were exactly correct. He died exactly three days from the reading. Okay. I want to know something. 
something because um, I don't see how the tarot could have told you through cards three days. So yes. I feel like that must have been <clears throat> your intuition. Like you heard it screaming in your ears. You interpreted that way. Both, yes. Because so, we got three of wands mm, was the first card, which is take a journey. We got three of cups, which mm. she was supposed to go with her sister and her mother, three women. <sighs> three, and, and then we three got women. three of swords. I can't ignore that. Yeah, which, that's a lot of threes. It was three <laughs> threes. <laughs> and I was like, three days. Okay, <laughs> then I do see what you mean there. It is a mix, isn't it? Yeah. yeah of like, so it was. It no was like, yeah, the, you, you have to leave and go burned. with your mother and your mm. sister. And they all went and they were all able to be there when he passed oh, as a result, really which is hard. great. So yeah. do you read tarot as well? I do. I do I Ching and tarot in addition to astrology. Yeah. Mm. Because every divination system is only interpreting the archetypes, which are universal. Mm. So I Ching, uh, tell me about that. I Ching is very special. Its origins <laughs> date to 6500 BC. Well, we don't which, even know much about that time of the world. We don't. It's 3000 years before written language. It wow. was some of the first written language that there was in China that then was even pre-Sumerian, pre-Babylonian. Wow. And I thought Sumerian was the, that's the um, beginning oldest. Of, that's the beginning of the civilization. The beginning of Western culture. Uh, not China. Everyone China. forgets about China. China kind of figured everything out before everyone else. They're still figuring it out before and do you think that, Do you think it came from ancient civilizations like Atlantis and Lemuria, or do you think they figured, just figured it out? That's a good question because there are references to these other places mm-hmm. in most of the source material, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the answer to that is, mm-hmm. but I do know that it's a part of the mythologies, mm-hmm. certainly, mm-hmm. Right? So I don't think that can be ignored when it's in the majority of the and, origin stories. And in different origin stories from different cultures from around the world that around had, the had no um, contact with each other. Supposedly. Yeah. Okay, so I Ching is from an incredibly ancient, old. possibly the first written language in the Correct. world. Wow. That we know of that so we know far. Of. Okay, yeah. and so what's the, how do you use it? You can use different ways to generate the sequence. You can use coins. They used to use yarrow sticks. And first they would take turtle shells and burn them. It sucks because they would have to kill a turtle every time they would do. Oh, they're so cute turtles. I know. Using animals for divination used to be a thing where they would use like the bones or the guts or the, you know. Why? Why? Nature. Connection to nature. That every, like a system that every, it's a microcosm, macrocosm situation. So everything is inside Connected. of everything else. Yeah. So they would reveal it through the blood, which is the life of a thing. But with the turtle shells, they would bake them in a fire and read how the cracks went. And then oh, they wow. would make these symbols to determine what archetype was represented by. I'm glad they've moved on to reading I tea know. leaves. Rather than burning little innocent turtles all the time. It's rough, man. You know, we've come a long way, baby. But so the I Ching basically generates a response that is then written in a book. And it's so severe. Okay, for one example, a client, her question was, should I move back to Mexico City? The response that was generated by the I Ching was, move to the ancient capital city. Wow, and it is Mexico City. That is an ancient capital it is. city. It was the like it was capital. so specific. Yeah. The so, I Ching's words. So I have to visualize. Wow, so this. crazy. So is it coins you're using? You throw coins, How many? and it makes uh, you throw three coins. And the ancient coins with times. a circle in the middle, right? Correct. You can use, but you can use anything. 
You can oh, use pennies oh, really? or quarters, oh. right? Or there's apps that will generate. It's a sequence generator that goes through a binary number system, like a computer program. In fact, that's where we got original. I so want to learn this. It's so pretty cool. This sounds complicated. So there's numbers on the coins. No, it's you just, it's one heads or tails. So it's zero, one, a binary, okay. it's one or the other. And then that builds uh, an answer in the form of a hexagram. And the hexagram represents the archetype. So it basically is like using coins to make a programming sequence that is connected to an archetype. Uh, <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> I, I, I just don't see how it could have come out, like moved to the ancient capital city. Yeah. In one how, hexagram. How, how can it be so that specific? there's around 10,000 possible responses okay. that the I Ching can generate. There are 64 hexagrams and within each hexagram, there are six lines and every line will have a specific answer. So, 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 so a hexagram, just give me the definition of a hexagram. A hexagram is a sequence of six lines. So it's basically uh, a straight or broken line mm -hmm. in a sequence. Kind of like if you look at a DNA pattern, it's very similar. 64, it has the same numerology as DNA. Mm -hmm. So it's a generating sequence. And from that, in the book, which is the I Ching, each possibility will have a statement affiliated with it that they have translated from these ancient Taoist sources and scriptures that people have written down. So it used to be all oral, but then it started to get written down around 2000 BC. So it was in the form of a book where every possible coin toss you could do will have an answer to it. Hmm. Yeah. So give me an example of an answer. Whoa. Sure. So if I were to, let me try. Okay, so this is pretty funny. So I had one client and he comes in and his question is about his surgery. He's like, I want to know about my surgery tomorrow. He didn't tell me what kind of surgery it was. The hexagram I received was hexagram number six. The picture for hexagram number six is a penis and a mouth. And the <laughs> words that are used for it is a lover's complaint. And so I saw everything immediately and oh, I said, was... you're getting penis surgery because your girlfriend complained about the size of your penis. Is that right? That's what you oh, said? It was exactly gosh. correct. <gasps> no. That was the surgery he was getting and it was because oh, his ouch. girlfriend had a complaint about his penis. Oh. And so my response Poor was, guy. if you want to change yourself, do it, <laughs> but don't do it because someone else has a problem but with yeah. you. Ballsy. Uh, sorry about the pun, but that was ballsy of him to, to come to you. is ruthless. So wait a second. Will, you don't have is... them on you, do you? I don't. I didn't bring wait, it. Wait, wait. Do you have any witchy poo stuff on you I totally in your bag? Only We're going to force you to divine oh, okay. for us later on. <laughs> yes. Do, do you believe in... Um, uh, you know this oh, thing? pendulum. Yeah, pendulums? I haven't had good luck with pendulums. Yeah, it's, myself. it's not consistent for me. It's not consistent or reliant. I like I Ching because it leaves little room for interpretation. Mm. It's probably like the most uh, literal, mm -hmm. right? Tarot even too can be a little elbow room for like mm. floating around. But I Ching is usually like it's Spot that. On. Okay, we have to have I another want... episode where you come with your tarot cards oh, and yeah. your um, I Ching. I totally. Ching is I it Ching, called? Yeah. I Ching. And Jenna and I will have specific questions. <laughs> yes. And let's, I love see, let's see what the reading is live. I would love to do that. Oh, I do live gosh. readings all the time. And it's crazy. Divination is absurd. Wow. It's a quick way for people to have an experience that is absurd. Okay, so my question is, 
Are you addicted to deviations and mm. do you get people who can't live their life without knowing what the tarot card yes. is telling them or the astrologer is telling them? Yes and yes. I have to go on fasts and if someone gets addicted and is getting weird, you have to put the client on a fast mm-hmm. because what happens is people will want information and they'll separate from themselves Mm. and their own ability to get information. Divination should only be used as a way for clarity, Mm -hmm. not as a way to try to extract stuff, Mm -hmm. but we're all going to fall into a hole where we, my brain wants to get into everything. So I need to enforce discipline limits on myself. And if clients are getting too like dependent upon it, you have to just chill as Mm. well and digest the information that you've already received. It's an important question. And I think people get that way with religion. They get that way with food. They get that way with, you know, I wouldn't trust myself. If I knew how to read those bloody charts, I would be on it every day. But you're going to go all the way down and then you're going to see that there's nothing down there. Well, and also part of it's just intuitive, which is just your intuitive sense that's with you all the time, regardless if you're divining or not. Yes. But you're you're seeking for information outside of yourself, which is yes. the interesting thing. You're you're going against what it's meant to be about, I guess. When I do that, I Ching always gives me a specific answer, which is hexagram sixty one, and that's the heart. Hmm. So if I follow your heart, it goes no back go to the heart. Back you in. know, go yeah. back like, in. Ching, your intuition has the you. answers. Don't ask me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll... You always get that hexagram? Yes. When you ask like yes. that? <gasps> Out of 10,000 yes. options, you get that one. It's insane. So I've had some situations where a client will ask and re-ask the same question. This one woman, five times it generated the same exact response, which statistically <laughs> is insane. It's almost impossible. Almost impossible. Wow. With the tarot as well, I had one situation where a client came in and she had a reading and she had her boyfriend with her who was a lawyer and like a total square. And he was like, oh, I'll do one too. So it was like a uh, Celtic cross spread, which had like nine cards or something. Mm-hmm. He got the exact same cards she did <gasps> in the exact same position. That's I not did that the other week. Possible. I did that the other week. I have to tell you guys, I was in Australia. I was with Carrie, my husband, and a girlfriend, and we had the um, we had uh, animal cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the the tol tol. tol- Toltic cards. Sure. What am am I trying to say? Is that right? Yeah, totem. Yeah, yeah, maybe totem cards. And I pulled the deck out face down and I said, hmm, what am I going to pick? Okay, I picked this one. It was the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And I'd just been through some really an interesting journey in Australia, kind of getting me to the end of rising like the Phoenix through rubble, right? And then I shuffled it back in. I said, okay, okay, you pick one now. He picked the Phoenix. And Valentine then, or Carrie? No, Carrie did. And then I said, well, okay, to my girlfriend, Melissa, you pick a card. And if you pick the Phoenix, this is like <laughs> unignorable. I shuffled it, pulled it out it's out of a hun- more than 100 cards. She picked the Phoenix, <gasps> all three of us. You're all rising, evidence. rising evidence. from the ashes. Mm. It was crazy. I call that evidence. I call that evidence too. You know, scientific evidence, but it just, it, it, it was, it could it's not impossible. have been, a di- but it was exactly what yes. was happening in my internal, external world. Yep. Like that was the theme of my trip. And it was just fascinating that that came up. 
So wait a second, we completely got off track with how you discovered astrology and how you got into it. You're in the library. Yes, it was through the library that I really, I mean, I had liked it before, but really getting into the charts Mm -hmm. happened in the library through my experience of the books. And Manly P. Hall, there was like a little cupboard underneath uh, where the books were. He had done hundreds of charts by hand. This was like pre-computer so he took like a compass and a marker. Whoa. I don't know if you guys have ever made an astrology chart without a computer, but it's really very hard. painstaking. Mm. And you have to look at an ephemeris and calculate all these numbers. And he literally had hundreds of charts that he had generated. There was a huge stack where he was looking at death charts of how people died, like celebrities like James Dean and Natalie Wood. And he was trying to look at the charts to see what the patterns were for the way someone would die. Cause he was a Pisces, right? So has to get into all the death stuff. But so he was, and then I was looking at his charts and I was like, this is totally bonkers. Like, and I got the bug. Yeah. Never right back. then and there. So wow. it was because of Manly P. Hall that I really got deeper into astrology. Do you think Manly P. Hall has like ever been a spirit guide for you? Oh, yeah. Because I kind of yeah. got that sense. Do when you think I got maybe you're him reincarnated? He literally was born like right next to where I was born. We're both Canadian and I was born in Ottawa. And I looked at, and my spiritual teacher too was born in the same hospital I was in Ottawa, Canada. And then I was like, Manly P. Hall also was born like in Ontario, like just a few miles away. And I started reading about all this stuff. I was like, this is crazy there's definitely some he might thing be there. Yeah. totally isn't in you I know, right? he could this could i was be, already he, could born. Him. he died like in the 90s i think 1991 so but oh, we okay. shared Crossover. some familiar spirit clearly because i loved my work there and i was able to lecture and you know do a lot of work there through the public i gave kind of famous lectures there for years on alchemy uh, which later turned into my magic school work that I did, giving public lectures. Wait, you have a magic school? For almost 10 years, I did public lectures, which a lot of them are now on YouTube, about magical stuff and my research that I gave for free to the public and made available to everyone, which now I continue uh, with my nonprofit that I did with Dr. DeWolf called The Well-Wishers, because I try to teach people this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I do charge for stuff, but then I want to give as much, because I can, my brain can do this, I try to give as much of the information out as possible, Mm -hmm. right? General always says you shouldn't charge for spiritual information. Well, would you pay a mechanic to fix your car? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean mean in the other sense. I mean, no, you're providing a service. Yes. Service. Yes. service, but for like esoteric information. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's so many people who have tried to keep it secret. Yeah. And I just right. feel like it needs to get out. I there. agree with that completely. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, 100%, if you go to service, you charge for it. And it's like invaluable yes. information. And as people well. spend their lives trying to develop these services. So those are valuable. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, for information, hopefully, most information will go open source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sooner the better, so humans can just educate and rise mm-hmm. through all of our ignorance, mm-hmm. right? Fingers crossed. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. Glo- some global alchemy. It's going to take necessary. a lot of learning. Okay, so I've got a question about horoscopes. Yes. How can one single horoscope, say Leo, because <laughs> I'm a Leo, <laughs> um, all about August? How can all people that were born in that time frame have the same characteristics? Very good question, right? It's weird. Yeah, it's so weird. So much like the I Ching and DNA, 
there's a certain amount of potential expressions of form. And it's weird because you can, have you ever looked at those photos that'll have like where they find doppelgangers of people that look the same? It's pretty weird. That how, is weird. And they're usually right? on the other side of the world and you've got an identical, people say everyone has an identical twin on the other side of the world somewhere. That's what they say. Like ducks. If you look at a mallard duck, that's the form that this energy has taken. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, to answer your question, they're inhabiting an available energetic form. Is that like, but see with my shamanic work now, you can see how people's spirit that they have is all individual. That, but that's what I mean. Yes. If, if everyone's souls are completely unique and individual. But they'll have affinities. Okay. So you'll have this like seed inside you, which is only the snowflake. But then that seed will have things like, I like chocolate ice cream preferences or um, potentialities that it's a affinity is for so the astrology horoscope is more like your personal affinities Hmm. but not your identity does that make sense yeah so you're more inclined to be a certain way you're attracted to being an extrovert or being a bit outrageous or whatever it is rather than you're inclined to yeah interesting yes so so they're more like our um potential habits, preferences, affiliations, and attraction sequences that we'll engage in with others. They're not mandatory. You can't escape the influence of your star. You can or can't. Can can. There was a very famous alchemist called Paracelsus, and he said the stars influence, they do not compel. Mm. You can break free of your karma. That's called dharma. And there's this little, you can see the ring and you can just kind of like pop your head out of it. And that's your super ego that you go into. And you don't need to be chained to your habitual preferences. You Mm. can release all of those habits Mm. through awareness. I feel like getting aware of what they are through doing astrology readings can help you to transcend those. I've experienced that. There are also other Leos I've met who aren't the typical Leo. Yeah. And would you say the rising sign or the the moon? Is is it the sun and the moon or the rising sign and the moon? Yes. So the there, this is a great question. A lot of people think astrology is only your sun sign, like it's what not. they see in Cosmopolitan magazine or whatever. <laughs> That's a very general reading for just your sun. If you look at a chart, like remember when I showed you mm-hmm. your chart, mm-hmm. there's a lot of influences there. Okay, so you have sun, moon, rising, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn. So someone's sun might be in Leo, but maybe they have five of their planets in Scorpio. So they would be showing up as more, more of a Scorpio. Scorpio. And do you show up more as your rising sign? I've heard that, but I don't know if that's it true. Depends. It just depends. I show up pretty saggy. Like I have five planets in Sagittarius. Okay, so that's again with like more, there's more complicated more support. than just that. Yeah. It's true. It's like you have to look at the, all the planets and yes. everything. There's a, it's a combination mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. So I think that people that would not be presenting as their sun sign, isn't that weird? Because they could have like a huge clump Is your sun else. sign the main sign that people like Leo, yeah. such a, like yeah. the, the usual horoscopes? The sun is representing usually our identity we present to others. To the world. Right. So our identity we present to others cannot necessarily represent us in a totality. 
Sadly. Of course. It's true. Ideally, you want to represent all your junk Mm -hmm. out front, but that (laughs) rarely occurs, right? So people will have a sun or an identity that they kind of try to flash people Mm. um, that doesn't represent them in totality. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that extra star sign they discovered? Oh, yeah, the Ophiuchus. Tell us about that. Well, they didn't discover it. Ophiuchus has been around a long time. It's just no one was talking about it. And it was misrepresented when all that stuff came out. Okay, so... What stuff? When it came out, they said you are not your real star sign because of it, but they were using sidereal astrology. So there's two systems. Again, this is complicated stuff, but there's two systems of astrology. One is Western and one is sidereal. Sidereal is actually a reflection of where the stars are currently, and the Western astrology uses an antiquated timeline Right. But they both still work. I went through this like brain spasm about it. I was like, how can there be two different systems and one is right and one is wrong? So I would like experiment and tried both. And I got the correct answer with both. Again, any system you generate within the golden rectangle is going to generate the the truth. Doesn't irrational. It's irrational. Good luck. But, but each so person's Ophiuchus, truth is in like my personal truth. The microcosm, macrocosm. This is where all the scientists roll their eyes. Okay. But um, <laughs> they're not so listening. They don't just worry. haven't figured it out yet. They will. It's just a matter yes, of time. I know. Ophiuchus is right below the horizon. So it's a little hidden. So if you look physically at the actual constellation, it only kind of peeps out in November. And it's the man holding the snake, the serpent bearer. My Mercury and Mars are both in that constellation at 19 degrees, which is called Serpentis. It's a notoriously evil snake position, uh, which is why I like to get into all the darkness. Um, But it's literally like right below the horizon. So it's physically hidden from view. Mm -hmm. So I think it was discluded from the Zodiac when we left the lunar calendar, which is um, a 13-month system Mm -hmm. in favor of the solar calendar, which is 12 month. Mm -hmm. So it actually got left out when we switched calendars. And what would be the personality attributes of that sign? The Ophiuchus or serpent bearer is represented by uh, a Greek healer called Asclepius. And he was a healer and he had as a symbol, not quite a caduceus because it wasn't the two snakes on the stick, but it was one snake on the stick, which was more like how Moses had. And in his healing temples in Greece and Rome, it was messed up. You would go in and you would sleep with snakes. (laughs) No one likes that. It would be filled with poisonous serpents and you had to go in there and just sleep through the night with them. This and is a then, myth. Yes. Well, okay. it was practiced. This okay. was a real practice this that people practice. would do. And there was definitely snake cults and whatnot yes, in the all over world. The, why yes. are they doing this? For like a warriorship to earn your stripes? Or for why, healing diseases. For a heal. This, and oh, this, so this would is a heal people's practice. diseases. Because um, think about the medical, you know, symbol as yeah. two snakes. The caduceus. Caduceus. Yeah. <gasps> So it was an undeniable aspect of And what was the healing medicine. element? The, the snake bite was the remedy? They use snake venom for healing a lot of diseases. I always laugh when people say like snake oil salesmen because I'm like, well, snake oil they actually does legitimate diseases. <laughs> Maybe because the poison venom can kill like the microorganisms. All poison is a cure. The difference is dose. 
Mm-hmm. Chemotherapy is a toxic, poisonous cocktail that people drink in order to heal a disease. What's the difference between taking that and taking a bunch of snake poison? No, it's the same. You're poisoning your system in order to... Poison the disease. Yes. This is how medicine... People don't understand how medicine works. Mm. Okay? Even That's like a big don't problem. don't understand that. No, most doctors <laughs> have no idea how the mechanism that's working when they prescribe a drug, which comes from the word pharmacy, which actually means sorcery. I always laugh, again, at all scientists. If they all knew. There's definitely sorcery. Give me a break. But yeah. Okay, so going on to the last sign, um, where do you place it when you're thinking about um, placing someone and looking at their zodiac sign? Do you consider it? Yes. There's very few people that have it because it's only for that pocket of November, right? It only peaks up. There's only like a, I think it's like a one or two week period in November when it peaks Mm -hmm. up. So I don't run across it that often. Mm -hmm. It's right between Scorpio and Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. So Scorpio is, and there's like a crossover where the Ophiuchus is between Scorpio and Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, great. And what is, I'm just curious to know when people come to you for an astrology session or say a tarot session or I Ching, is there a common question that people are looking for? What are they looking for guidance on? I have these books from the I Ching because I would write down the questions and then do the reading. And I would look through these books and I'd be like, wow, everyone's asking the same questions. Is it in relationship? Right. It's either relationship, money, health. Those are the three biggies for that will um, make people come to me. But Mm -hmm. usually if you're going to solicit the help of a witch, you're in a bad place and nothing (laughs) else has worked. So most of my clients will have crisis Mm -hmm. occurring. Uh So, and it'll usually be one of those three biggie areas, Mm -hmm. although not entirely. Sometimes I do get people who ask spiritual questions Mm. because you can use divination like a guru. So I use I Ching like a guru to help me through my spiritual progress, mm-hmm. right? Or you could use tarot that way, or you can use astrology in that fashion. Uh, it doesn't have to be about mundanities. You can use it to elevate your soul, right? But most people, they just care about, you know, their stuff. So, and there's no, we all care about our stuff. So, but yeah, majority is going to be one those of three those things. ABC. And you've told us a pretty crazy story about the I Ching. Is there any crazy story you can tell us about something that happened with someone in astrology? Sure. I've got a lot of those too. They're okay, so, give me the it craziest, really the number one. Oh my God. So many really crazy things. There'll be things that I'll see that don't make sense even when I see them and I question myself if I should say it. And then then you say it and it's just like, I say it and it's exactly correct. There was one woman who was a Leo, for example, and in her chart in the sixth house, which is of health, I saw that there was a planet that indicated she had a heart condition or a heart problem because Leo rules the heart Mm -hmm. and sixth house is health. So I was like, did you have a heart surgery at like this time in your childhood? And it was exactly correct. She said she had open heart surgery at that time, like to the year, right? So there'll be like real things that can get revealed from the astrology. That makes me think, are we just, are the stars 
revealing the destiny that we're destined to live out because how else can you see that information and she had actually lived it doesn't that mean the other information you see from the stars they're going to live out like unless that's their they've escaped their karma and yeah, there's and then how does free will like come into that too it's just the free will versus providence you know? i know i keep true. coming up against that and i don't i don't know Fade up against your will, right? Is that echo in the well, body? Well, maybe it's song? changing. Maybe the astrology is changing as you're changing your path. It's true. It's all this unfolding spiral, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's got <clears throat> levels as Jacob's ladder, right? So it's every circle around the sun, there'll be a new thing that gets revealed, although there's nothing new under the sun. So it's complicated, <laughs> right? It's so Psych. weird. <laughs> Okay. I don't have a good answer to that. I don't know. It's so mysterious. It's so mysterious. Okay, can you tell us about Mercury in retrograde? Because we've yes. currently been in retrograde for three days now. Yes. And tell us about the the whole philosophy behind that. This is another one that irks the scientists, right? They get all like, <laughs> But what I see in people's lives, especially when they come in, there'll be real things that happen in Mercury retrograde. Oh, yeah. You don't need to tell us Measurable that. things. Similar with a full moon. This is just scientific stuff, right? Full moon is going to cause people to have emotional issues. Turn into werewolves. Listen, it's scientific. I do. Every full moon. (laughs) Don't you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And when Mercury goes retrograde, you're going to have issues with technology. You're going to have issues with travel. It's a miracle the three of us got this up and running today, (laughs) by the way. I am so shocked. I know. Usually. Don't jinx it, you guys. (laughs) I know. Sorry, 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 sorry. Is it recording? Oh, I just had to double right? check. I know, totally. <laughs> but for different individuals, they'll have a different experience. So like, for example, if you're born with Mercury retrograde in your chart, Mercury retrogrades will oh, actually be no. a beneficial period. Oh, will it? Yes. I thought that person was doomed for the rest of their life <laughs> to never be able to use a computer or, or something. like poor communication skills, perhaps. It depends on where it is, too. Like, say you have Mercury, re- Mercury retrograde in your 12th house in Gemini, then you'll be able to communicate your subconscious a lot better than other people. Mm. So there's a lot of variables Mm. that you got to look at. So would you say that if I was completely immersed in linear reality, living in the matrix, and none of this stuff existed, what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. and it was Mercury in retrograde, because I didn't feed... um, my power mm-hmm, to this mm-hmm. philosophy, it wouldn't affect me? That's a great question and goes back to that self-fulfilling prophecy idea. Yeah. In my experience, I've had people that were totally oblivious and they still had an experience that related directly to that event. So Yeah, and they yes. just wouldn't recognize it as having been from Mercury Retrograde. But, but when I, they got I, they the reading, totally... they were like, oh my God, that yeah. just happened to me. Mm. And then it'll raise their awareness to it. But the event still occurred on the exact day mm. that it said it was supposed to. Like, for example, uh, one client comes in, she has Mercury retrograde conjunct Mars in her 10th house. And I said, did you have a fight at work last Tuesday due to a miscommunication? And she said, yes, indeed I did. Yeah. So it will be a very specific event that is trackable. It's not due to your awareness of it. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. Weird. But at the same time, you know, we were talking about intention behind thoughts yes. and the power that comes with that, which translates into physical manifestation. Yes. So if a person is not focusing their energy on Mercury and retrograde, perhaps a glitch or two may happen, but maybe not to the extreme as it would if you were focusing all your energy on it's going to be technical, technically 
glitchy. I do think you can amplify things due to concentration. So I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got a question on, you said that there are two um, types or schools of thoughts or methods with astrology. Yes. Where does Vedic astrology come into that? And are there any other offshoots from those astrology um, styles? That's a great question and very confusing to people. Again, astrology is really confusing. <laughs> Unless you're a witch and then it's like, right? yeah, you're like oh, I yeah, got this. <laughs> uh, the Vedic astrology is sidereal astrology. So it's using the first of those two systems that I mentioned, which makes it confusing because why don't they just call it the same name yeah. all the time, yeah. right? Why? But it is. It's sidereal astrology is Vedic astrology. Sidereal. Can we just talk about that word? Is is sideria? I know I'm talking to Siberia, but like <laughs> this is an astrology that came from Siberia. <laughs> Seriously, what is the word like sideria? Narnia. <laughs> Narnia. Um, it's from the land of Narnia. So it's based on the ecliptic and the what they call the procession of the equinoxes. So even though our sun is rolling around this Lord of the Rings, which is the archetypes that is the zodiacs, right? So basically the thing you're looking at that is your sign is a constellation of stars and those form ah. a circle around the oh, sun. Course. Yep. So it's like if you look at that picture behind us, I know the mm-hmm. listeners can't see, but there's basically, if you're a Sagittarius, that's a location of a constellation of stars within this ring that the sun floats around, depending mm-hmm. on what time of year it is. The sun does not exit that ring at any time. It stays within this ring of the archetypes or archons or whatever you want to call them. And so we're perpetually going through these different cycles of that kind of energy, depending on where the sun is at that point in the spiral. Right. So the sun fee sun the sun is like the epicenter of the energy going towards the different constellations yes. or star signs. Correct. And then all the other planets go through them as well mm-hmm. in our little journey through the cosmos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so the sidereal is basically using a different starting point. And the Western okay. is using a different starting point. But so, they deliver the same information in the correct. end. That's right. Okay. In my experience, some people might argue with that, but I had to do it for myself and I would look at both charts and use different ones. And it was weird because the information extracted still lined up with their experience. That's evidence. Right? And I was like, this doesn't make sense, Mm. but it's happening. And that goes back to your point of like in the golden rectangle, everything Everything reflects that. I know. So what what is the connection with, say, past lives mm-hmm. and astrology? Sure. Well, that's part of the karma situation, right? So a lot of the past life stuff you can see in a thing called the north and south nodes, um, which in Vedic astrology, they're called Kitu and Rahu, um, and mm-hmm. they're like the tail and head of the serpent. So they look at, like, if you think of an Aruberus, which is a snake biting its tail, they see that as your life, which is here, and then it separates when you die, and there's a head and a tail of the snake. So your past life is the tail of the snake, and where you're heading to in this life is the head of the snake. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. Passes the tail. 
ahead is your future. So the past life stuff, which you is can, the south node, the south node. That's right. And so let's say someone has a bunch of planets next to their south node. They're going to be all caught up in their past stuff mm-hmm. and a lot harder to break through, but they'll probably have a larger potential of making that breakthrough in this life. Whereas if you have a bunch of planets on your north node, like I do, I have north node in Sagittarius conjunct my sun, Venus, uh, Neptune, uh, and also an asteroid. So I'm like directed towards my future, no matter what I want to do. It's lending you're, me a lot of You're directed of towards our collective future, <laughs> right? regardless. Well, in the Sagittarius is at the center of our galaxy, right? So it's trying to get into that big black hole. Um, but it's the super galactic uh, black hole that's at the center of what we call our galaxy. Um, but so if you have planets supporting either your north or south node, that will influence past life effects. Oh, that's so much fun. Yeah. Or if you Having meet someone glimpse. whose sun is on your south node, there'll be weird oh. karmic, like deja vu yeah. type of stuff. Interesting. I, we, we've done an episode on twin flames, which is, yeah. um, you know, a relationship that's just crazy soul connection, unignorable familiarity, highs and lows, highs yeah. and all that stuff. And I went to Eve's Vedic astrology, you uh-huh. know, Eve, um, years ago and gave her the time and place and birth details of my twin flame. And she said, Oh, is your dynamic like this? I'm like, yes. And she's <laughs> like, you have had many past lives. You've had marriage charts continuously with this person right. crossing you. And I'm like, it gave me such relief to understand the untangible, invisible connection, I feel, and validated, validated it. Just, it just made me feel understood in a way where I could put it where it's it deep. belonged rather than misinterpret it as that's a person I'm meant to be with or whatever. It, I found it very healing to the get that understanding insight. of yeah. the pattern. There's freedom in that. Provides liberation Big time. from suffering. Mm. When you can see something as larger, here's the thing with all divination, okay? When you can see your personal experience as something that is larger than just yourself and connects to something as big as the stars in space, you expand outside of your little tiny human body into something that is much larger. And we all need to be there if there's going to be a shift Growth. in the right direction on this planet. Yes. Expand so everyone go see Maja. When you can please. connect, you're so cute. When you can connect what you are to other people having those experiences mm. or other larger energies, you grow. And we're taken out of the little individual separation yeah. syndrome into we're part Connection. of everything. Yes. That's right. Connection. Do you use, like, are you tempted, say you're in the dating world of LA? God Don't her tell me. You're not looking up your suitor's charts. Well, it's funny because my current boyfriend Ooh. was a client, so I got a sneak peek. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> That's what I'm talking but it, about. But I didn't have that. Were you thing like, when we I were... see a beautiful blonde <laughs> with extremely long hair? <laughs> That'd be so rude. 
with an a evil. big rock on her wedding <laughs> finger. This oh is God. the woman of your dreams. Look out for her. That would be, be so dangerous, <laughs> right? Some people might do that. But it's like, you know, again, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You don't need to interfere, yeah. right? But yes, it's funny because I will usually look at the charts to of get course. information. How am I not going to do that? That's what come I'm saying. <laughs> so, but, okay, like, come on, honest truth. How often do you use it to get a little sneak peek into a guy you've met or a work situation or just kind of like sneak in there. Oh yeah. I try really hard not to sneak into other people's business. So I have, you know, ethics and I get punished if I deviate because my guiding spirit is angelic. So how the, do you get punished? How does that show up? Well, the energetic too much. You trip over a banana instant peel? Instant karma. For me, it's immediate. And the message is like, hey, 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 yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. hey. Don't hey. abuse uh-huh. your so, and gift. And they're not weird about it either. They're very clear. Mm-hmm. So um, it's made evident that it's like, nah, uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a mom, right? Mm. So I have to uh, use that guidance as well. And so snooping is not so good. If someone solicits it from me, I absolutely will offer it. So I try to focus on my own chart mm-hmm. and the general charts to get information, but looking at other people's is But come on, in, in terms of like your boyfriend, like how much fun is that? Well, like we did it together. We looked at it together. Her, he gave her permission. permission that's true. true. But in how much reading. fun is that to know you present yourself one way, but you can see the inner workings of their it's mind. It's very good to do it. I yes. encourage couples to do it with each other or to get permission from the person. Because mm-hmm. I've had some clients that wanted to look at their boyfriend's chart and then they asked their boyfriend and they were like, no, no way. It's a it. bad yeah. sign I, when your boyfriend doesn't want you to look at his chart. It yeah. is what It's their privacy, <laughs> yeah. you know, so they get to choose. Boundaries need respect. That if you true. don't respect boundaries, your boundaries won't be respected. That's true. You know what? I have a couple of friends who are in the mystic zone and they have a very clear gift with source energy channel almost. Yes. And they all have a very clear contract with their gift and they do not step out of line you'll, with that. You can. They get smacked but around. You'll get, you know. Yeah, there, there is punishment. <laughs> for sure. And then you'll just be like, how much of this do I want? Right? So... From my experience, I'm like, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's true. You don't want to mess with that Because they want you to experience... The ultimate reason for the morals and ethics isn't really about morality. It's about the right way to live, Mm. which is spontaneously and open and not just expecting things to happen because then you're losing a large part of life, which is in that spontaneous unfoldment Mm. of what occurs, Mm. right? So you're actually removing opportunities from yourself when you get too weird about stuff like that. So piggybacking on that point of yours, what would you say is the healing aspect for an individual? What about astrology can offer an individual healing within their life? That's a great question. For me, I find it's specifically raising of awareness and connecting to something larger. Those are the two things that are the mechanism of healing through astrology is that you'll connect to something larger than yourself that's reflecting your real experience. So you have that mirror reflection thing that happens. And that is a profound, mysterious experience. Mm. It can directly give you an experience that shows you 
what's happening to you can be reflected outside of you. Mm, like affirmation yes. that your intuition is Correct. real. Correct. And that can be very healing for people. Huge. Huge. Because Self-trust. It, yes. That element of trusting your your gut around something That's when a something biggie. completely outside of yourself has affirmed yes. that to be true. And then raising awareness to certain patterns they have in order for them to make a different choice, right? Because it comes down to choices. So the astrology is very good where you can look through time and space and see where you're doing the same darn thing over and over and over again, your mm-hmm. karma, right? So you want to dharma it and pop it, break it, right? Break that chain. But in order to do that, you need awareness to it. And astrology can totally present that. Beautiful. Yeah. So good. Sign me up. I know. It's great. <laughs> Do you have any more questions, Jenna? Mm, I, I don't have any more questions. I think we covered basically everything. That, that was, was great. Amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm I, I feel like we should have called it Divination 101. Yes. I know we like, went to other we places. We so much deeper than just PS, astrology. If, if, just to say to you guys and to everyone, if you want to learn divination... You can learn all divination systems by just learning the archetypes. So if you get like overwhelmed by the data involved with astrology or the I Ching or whatever, just read the mythological origin stories that represent the archetypes from whatever culture you identify with. And that will give you the data that's behind all the divination systems. Mm. And when you say archetypes, just to clarify for our listeners, um, you mean like Zeus or Jupiter, Correct. the king of the gods, yes. a very fiery and um, you know electric totally. type of... Uh, Isis, yeah. Sibel, like whatever gods or goddess gods, system, goddesses, yeah. the pantheons, mm-hmm. right? That's what's the generator of all the divination systems. And it's all the same. But cultures will just have different names for them. Correct. And they'll look a little differently maybe. But, but they will story. be the same story and the same, same archetypes story. are universal. They're human. They're the Amazing. archetypes. That yeah. of itself is, inc- but it's all the golden rectangle system, right? So it's all the stories are going to reflect the same story. It's a hologram. Mm. Yep. yep. That. That I can agree with. We're in a whole group. I know, it's a trap. <laughs> so can you tell us what you're up to and where people can find you? And just, just I, I want the listeners to be able to know how to reach you and how to get involved with stuff that you're up to. Oh, sure. That's so fun. Um, well, if I do have a tarot deck that I made that's available for sale. <gasps> you do? Wow. I'm going to buy it like It's called directly White after Witch this. Tarot, and it was generated through received information through doing my techniques. Did you draw um, it? I drew it, <gasps> and it has um, poetry that I received from the angels. Oh, my gosh. And is it on Amazon? It is on Amazon. I'm going to buy it like literally right it's now. It's pretty fun. Like <laughs> I've used it, and it works really good, and I've had strangers say, like, it's got synchronicity on it so it'll like link what makes up. it different to the usual tarot it's a 22 card deck so i only use the major archetypes and i made my own system of a spread which is based on alchemy so i tried to make it unique <gasps> um, in the way that it's used 
And the drawings I did were all from... Are they illustrated by you? Yes. This is profound brilliance. I am just, wow. Thank you. So it's called the White Witch Tarot. Tarot. Yeah. So that's a good way to get to know the archetypes too. If you just want to... Yeah, get your tarot deck. Get the deck. That was pretty much what they told me. And then I have a new book coming out called A Witch's Bestiary, where I look at all the mythological creatures as representations of our archons or subterranean languages uh, that was also researched and received information as well for people. That'll be out in September. And then I'm available. Usually I put up my events on my website, which is witchofthedawn.com. Like I said, I do free events for the public. And then I do also like specialty events all the time through other people like talks or um, work, you know, with other people or interviews and stuff. And most of it's on my social media, which is all just under my name. And I'm pretty much about town and fairly available and yeah, pretty but friendly. Yeah. So you're LA based, but, but you can be on Skype and, and yes. talk to anyone anywhere. Totally. Yeah. I have clients all over the world. It's weird. Like wow. I get, I don't even, I guess people find me on the internet, but I'll Skype with people in Greece and Africa and China. It's wild. And is it just the services you offer? Is it I Ching, tarot, and astrology, or is there anything? Predominantly, and- I also do Qigong energy work with people. Right. So, like using techniques I learned from Dr. Kelvin DeWolf, we he integrates martial arts and Qigong too. So I can, in my experience, it will deal mostly with stagnation issues. So like for example, one of my clients had polycystic ovary syndrome. I had that. And she hadn't had a period in like three years. I didn't have mine ever in my whole life. I I had my first period when I was 17 for for just a couple of days and nothing for years and years after that. So you should do Qigong because check it out. I gave her a Qigong treatment. The next day she had her period. (gasps) Wow. Wow. It'll move stagnant energy. Mm. I had another client. She had a rash under her arm. She'd had it for two years. The next day it was gone. I, one of my f- best friend's babies has this rash thing that they eczema cannot, probably. eczema, they cannot get rid of. She's trying to eliminate it's from the diet. diet. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's tried it. everything. She's, she's off dairy, wheat, this, that. Maybe a shigong session would Clear move it. some type mm-hmm. of... It's very helpful to move stagnant energy. And would I think, and I was wanted to know if you agree, that like the root of most disease and you know is stagnated energy, wouldn't you say? There's a good Chinese saying, and it goes, tong zetong bu tong zetong. But you have and to it, say it in that accent. <laughs> right? I probably said it wrong. So Chinese people are all, oh, my ears. But it means where there is pain, there is stagnation. Where there is no stagnation, there is no pain. And get yourself to some acupuncture. True. It works so good. Yeah. Chinese people knew everything. They, they knew they a lot. Do. It's true. Since uh, 65,000 BC. 6,500. Yeah. <laughs> but so I also offer that as a service as Amazing. Well. Yeah. And if someone was interested in um, uh, white witchy kind of practices yes. and connecting to nature... Would you be available for like sessions or mentoring? I usually or just charge people the same amount as if they booked a session. Right. But really, the te- like I tell people, the techniques I do are kind of hardcore. So yeah. like people will come and they'll think I do like candle magic. I'm like, actually, it's gonna be a little more. <laughs> Get down and give me twenty. <laughs> so the meditative techniques, I'll send people to Dr. DeWolf to learn from him, and a lot of people just can't really do them, so they get a little mm. 
disappointed, right? But if you really want to take up a serious meditation practice, you have to understand it's going to be some work, right? And so I'm happy to, you know, and Dr. Wolf and I are trying to present this to more people and get them involved in it, but it's not easy, but it's worth it. Not for the faint-hearted. I know. Warriors Unite. Well, thank you so much, Marja. That was incredible. My pleasure. That was so fun. Oh, that was a mystical marathon. I am pumped. We got a lot of information in there. Poppity pot. We're going to put a lot of what we spoke about. In the show notes. Yep, we're going to link as much of this as possible. And we've oh, also, let, me get, let me know if you guys need any links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we will. And we're also going to release a girl crush interview with fun. Marja so you guys can get a little peek into her personal ideas around the world and consciousness and health and everything. This is a seriously wise, wise being. I know. Seriously wise. Well, it's I because know, we so many people have, have shared you. with me too. And I get, there's all us people... We all have like this stuff that we can share with each I other. Also it's also like your mind though, is just like, well, because, I have a weird brain. Yeah. No, it's no, but incredible. I think that because you have found what it is you're lit up by and you're meant to do and you're pursuing it full force, everything, you're leaning into your true life calling. And because the of North that, Node, yeah. yeah, your North Node. And because of that, it's just, you're on fire. The, the, there's no, you know, glitches North in your system all right the now. way. <laughs> Just bam, like yeah. an arrow, right? That Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really inspiring. No joke. I need some of that Sagittarian energy <laughs> propelling me forward. <laughs> wow. Yeah, give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> so thank you so much. My we, pleasure, you, lady. Yeah, thank you. So good having you, my love. So we have a little invitation and challenge for the listeners. Uh, I have here... Is there something in your life you need help understanding in a deeper way? Ask the, the stars for guidance. Report back to us and tell us about your experience. Obviously, we're going to link in Marge's website and Instagram and all that stuff. So if you guys really want to get into it, I would suggest reaching out to the ultimate. She's the real deal. To the dawn. She is a real, real, real deal. So that's it, guys. That covers it for today. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate your support. And if you liked today's episode as much as we liked it, give us a five-star rating on (laughs) iTunes. Go on, tappity-tap away. We really appreciate you and honor you for inquiring within. So together we can change the world. Join us each week as we take a deeper look within. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, TFN. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.